Wednesday. Cheers and welcome to this week's episode of Trades Lady Happy Hour. Um, so if you are new here, what the heck is this? Trades Lady Happy Hour is the weekly show where I get to sit down with an incredible woman in the trades and hear her story and share that with you guys. We have a casual hangout talk that um, goes for about an hour and every week we meet somebody new and inspiring and courageous and amazing kicking butt in the field. Uh, women make up less than 10% across all trades and in the automotive industry, we're looking at less than two and a half percent. So very small percentage wise, but a ton of amazing women, so many so uh, that we've been doing this for about two years now. You can find all of the past episodes on my Instagram uh, profile on my like TV tab or whatever they're calling it these days. Um, the entire series is there and um, we barely scratched the surface. There are so many more incredible women out there. In fact, if you know of a woman that you think should be on uh, Happy Hour, shoot me a direct message, let me know their name, um, because we love, I love meeting all trades women and sharing their stories and taking an opportunity to shine a light on them. So huge thank you to all of you who are coming back uh, again and have been here before. It's always lovely to see all of your names and your, your faces and your little profile pics popping up um, and to see your comments. Um, so thank you for coming back and for tuning in again. Huge thank you to my sponsor Drive Time for uh, making this possible to continue going. Um, it is definitely a labor of love, but having some partnership in that is very helpful. Um, so we've got lots of plans for next year. Um, make sure that you keep on coming back and tuning in. Uh, we will likely be moving to a different platform, but don't worry, I will let you all know so you can all follow along with that. But um, for now, I want to introduce this week's guest. So if you saw my post about it, this week's guest is Missy Dutto, um, otherwise known as Mustang Missy. I have worked uh, and known Missy for gosh, five years now, which is crazy. I met her um, at SEMA one year. She came and participated in the first all-female build. Uh, she was heavily involved in this most recent all-female build. She's been involved in the SEMA Business Women's Network builds that they've done. Uh, she built her own Mustang to go to SEMA. She went on the Hot Rod Power Tour with that Mustang. You're gonna hear all about that. Um, she has a very, very varied um, past in kind of all the different areas of automotive from collision and body to upholstery, painting, uh, mechanical, of course. And now she works for a uh, water company as their sole mechanic. So she is working on all of the things. Um, and I'm really excited to introduce her to you guys and to hear more about her story. Most of the time when she and I are hanging out, we are kind of nose to the grindstone getting stuff done. And, and yes, we get time to hang out and chat, but um, not like this. So I'm really excited and quick point of kind of housekeeping. Um, if you have questions, there's a little question mark down below. Put them in the question mark box. Uh, if you put them in the comments, I may not see them because they tend to go by pretty quickly. Um, but if you put them in the question mark box, I will do my best, as long as they're reasonable questions, uh, to get them answered for you within the course of conversation. So um, with that, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and see if Missy has joined the 
can't see me on there with all the comments. There we go. There you go. Yay. <laughs> Are you still at work? Yeah. Yes, I am. Listen to let you off early to do this, huh? Well, by the time I'm, well, everyone's off today. Either they have COVID or like all the bosses are off. So. Oh, geez. Yeah. I think there was, there was like five guys kicking ass today and, and me over here. So. Oh, my God. So I guess you're not drinking then, huh? Got my water. Does that count? That works. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> it would be much better if you were here and we were sipping on some bourbon together. Oh, 100%. That's a given. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for saying yes. I know we've been like trying to do this for forever. So Missy's crazy, y'all. Um, not only does she work a full-time job, but she took on a second job. And at one point, I think you had three jobs going at the same time. Correct. <laughs> um, so what, what are the three jobs that you were doing? Um, well, <laughs> it depends on what, what time, but, um, I've always had like multiple jobs and, um, I was going to school full time at Skyline College. Um, I worked nights at a hotel and then I worked, um, as a service advisor for a shop too. Uh, so needless to say, scheduling this was a little challenging, um, because she's always doing like all of the things you were teaching, you are still, are you still in school? Um, I just finished another class. So yes, I'm still a student as well. <laughs> so crazy. So I'm glad it finally worked out. I waited till one of your jobs ended so that <laughs> it wasn't one. too crazy for you. Thank but, you. <coughs> so, um, tell everybody, I'm sorry about the background noise. The cat feeders are going off. Um, you know, gotta love it. Um, tell the fine folks at home what it is um, that you are doing. What shop are you in currently? Where are you working? What do you do? So currently, I work for North Coast County Water, which is where we're at. <laughs> um, I am the mechanic here, so I do everything from small gas engines. I have a weed whacker to my right that we have to play with, um, all the way up to uh, the, all the fleet trucks that we have, and then um, we have some like bigger machineries like front loaders and backhoes. Um, I think we have about six or seven of those, uh, or bigger machinery that is, and then uh, a couple big diesel trucks. Crazy. So you, your background though, has been mostly on the automotive side of things, correct? Correct. How, how has been adapting to doing like diesel and these larger equipment, industrial stuff, especially like you're in a shop where you are the only technician. So where like where do you go to learn the things as you're working on this like broad array of vehicles? Well, first off, when I got the job, I was under the assumption there was another mechanic I was going to learn from. Um, but luckily, the plant supervisor who runs all of the um, equip, like the uh, big pumps and machinery that's actually at the different plants to pump the water to different stations and um, and to your house so you can have tap water. Uh, he used to be a mechanic, so I can go to him, um, and he's really cool. He helps me out a lot. And then I have uh, friends that are in the industry that um, my boy Big Rick, uh, the Pope of Stainless on here, he has been a mechanic for forever. Um, he can do everything. So when I have an issue and I can't uh, reach out to my supervisor or something, he doesn't know because he doesn't know air brakes and stuff like that either. Um I YouTube it, try and put a couple together if I need to, or usually I just give uh, Big Rick a call and, 
and he can walk me through it on the phone and he, nice. he knows everything that I have. We've worked together on vehicles, so he knows um, my competency, so he knows how to speak to me and uh, get it across. So that's usually my go-to. That's priceless. I like. I can't even imagine being in that kind of situation, like having so many new things in front of me and not having any resources. It's not like you have, it's not like they're all the same manufacturer that you can just like pull up the the manufacturer's information and, and figure things out. What's What's been like the biggest challenge that you've confronted or had to deal with at the shop? Um, I'm having issues with air brakes right now. Um, and my boss doesn't know it. And we have a truck that a tr with a trailer and um, we can't get this valve anywhere that we need to replace. So I'm trying to figure out how we're going to go around that. So that's the biggest issue I'm dealing with now. Um, we can't get it aftermarket. There's nothing around. I can, the wrecking yards don't have so far that I've called don't have what we need because this isn't um, it's a truck that's kind of been converted for our use. Oh. So, yeah, it, it's been a little bit of an issue, but we're going to get there. I think we're going to try and take it apart and grab uh, two different valves. And I'm going to um, try and see if we can put it together that way. And a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of luck. <laughs> I feel like that's probably the thing that intimidates most people, male, female, whatever, in, in the field is kind of when you transition away from things that like have a, a how-to or instructions and having to diagnose something that somebody else built, somebody else created, there's no guidebook for it. Does that, does, I've always watched you approach new things with like total tenacity and total like just tear into it and figure it out. Does it ever get intimidating or overwhelming? Or are there times where you're like, I don't even, I don't even fucking know. <laughs> always, always. But, um, the thing is just work through it and move forward and every everything I approach I really want to be like okay let me pan it off to somebody else but I'm lucky the fact that I did not know that I was gonna be the only mechanic here or it might have been too intimidating and I might have backed away more than likely at the time I would have I did not have the confidence and self-esteem that this job has made me build um yeah so it's amazing so when I come up to everything in my mind I really want to run away half the time even if it's something I know, I, I mean, it's like, here, go do these breaks. And half the time, I'm like, oh, my God, like, what if something goes wrong? I don't have somebody to run to. And that's my first instinct almost every time now, because I came from born and raised in body and paint. So when I got into mechanics, it's more of a, a newer stage, so to say. I'm not as versed in it as I felt like I was in body and paint. Um, but it's something that I really love. And I was um, I am willing to work hard to learn it and be better at it. and so when I do push forward and through those fears, I feel so badass at the end when I actually did something. And it's like, look at me go. All I got to do is have confidence in myself and look what I can, well, look what I can do. I love that. I, somebody just asked a question along those lines. Um, uh, Sophie asked, what is the biggest thing that gave you the confidence to stay? Uh, <laughs> my name was already behind it. So it's still a small town. I, I'm born and raised in the town next door, pretty much. Um, but I know a lot of people here. And, you know, I already went on Facebook. I got a job at the water company. I'm going to be their mechanic. And <laughs> so when I took the job and I found out I was the only real, like, mechanic here that's going to be here. Um, and I didn't know I had that guy I could go to. I almost lost my shit. But I couldn't back down because my name's already on it. I already plastered it all over 
the great internet. And so I kind of had to own up to it. And then I, I think I went home and cried because I was so scared and nervous of what was coming my way. And, um, but I've been here two years now and I wouldn't change it for the world. I've had my ups and downs and there's days where I, I spent a whole day on something. It probably should have taken maybe two hours. And I got so into it and, you know, you got, you get your blinders on and you miss the, probably one of the simplest things and came back the next day. I'm like, Oh, duh. <laughs> done in five seconds now. Right. But that's how you learn and move forward and able to help other people. So when I did become a teacher, those are little tidbits that I can now give to them. So what made me stay is really just my name in a small town that I did not want to be slathered around. So, yeah, I love that. I mean, I think there's such value to that. And, you know, like, you know, when I when I came up with the montage idea, like I didn't know if it was possible. I was absolutely freaking terrified, but I'd announced it in front of lots of people at SEMA and then it was too late. Right. And so it's like that throwing yourself into something not having a chicken exit, like, like if you pry it in your name, you're like, okay, well, I guess we're going to figure it out. <laughs> exactly. And it's one of the best things. Like I love to like, I love to hate the fact that I throw myself into a lot of things and say, I'll do a lot of things. And it comes up. I'm like, what the F I was like, Oh, I told Bogey, I was going to go help her on this build finally. Cause I missed the last one. And then I was flying out every weekend and flying back Monday, coming straight to work to, to to both jobs. I'm like, what am I doing? What is this girl doing to me? <laughs> hey, I did not make you do that. <laughs> oh, your sad face does a lot of work. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but I don't regret any of it. Good. I'm glad. So in the two years that you've been there, have you, like, you sound to me at least like you've gotten a reasonable amount of confidence in the job and like feeling more comfortable um, and just confidence in the rest of your life in general as a result of it. Um, do you do you remember, was there like a moment in this job where you were like, okay, I got this? Or was it just kind of a slowly building over time? Um, within my first week or two here, my boss's truck um, needed a water pump. And I was like, so guys, some of the guys I already made friends with and are coming back and checking on me and like watching me do this. And I'm started getting nervous and, uh, and I was just like fighting it like abnormally, like what I shouldn't like just stupid little things, even a bolt, getting a bolt back into a hole. I was fighting it so bad because I was so nervous because my first big job here, I had to prove myself and, um, I didn't get it done within like. I think it took me like six or seven hours to get this done. And maybe it should have taken like three or four, maybe. And, but I got it done. My boss came up to me and he was like, breathe, relax. You got this. And I believe in you. And I'm like, you don't even know me. And you just told me you believed in me. I was like, and I went home that night. I came back, finished, like killed it within like a half an hour the next day. Okay. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I got to believe in myself. And that's where it really kind of changed and, and stuff has happened when I, I've asked him something and he's like, you know what? I believe in you. Go figure it out. The same um, air brakes that I'm working on now went out um, in my first year, a different issue. And, um, and he, I didn't know he didn't know about air brakes. I thought he was just saying, oh, I believe in you. Go figure it out. But <laughs> he's really saying, I don't know either. So go figure it out. But 
He's like, you know what? Go work on it. YouTube it a little bit. Look and research what you can. I believe in you. Go find the answer. Right. And when you need help, come to me and maybe we can springboard because that's a lot of what we can do. We springboard back and forth and then there pops the answer. Yeah. Um, which is kind of nice. What I called my my boy, Big Rick, and he helped walk me through some things that I could try. And me and him will springboard back and forth. And that's what, like I said, he's my go to. And um, so after I did that water pump, I was like, I got this. I just need to believe in myself. And that's where it started growing. Went that that first big job to where I felt like I had to prove something to somebody, yeah. and I realized none of these guys are judging me. There's no mechanic, other mechanic really around here, except for like I said, the supervisor, plant supervisor. But he's not here at the shop twenty four seven or anything. So I don't really have to prove myself to anyone. They already believe in me. They already say they got my back. They're already here to help me. So that's when I was like, okay, I, I can breathe. I don't have to put on a facade. I can I can do this. And once I swallowed my own pride to have to do it within book time and, and believed in myself, everything just came a little more naturally and a lot easier. Yeah. I wasn't stressing myself out. I love that. I think that's so key. I mean, obviously having people around you who have faith in you and, and who tell you that they have faith in you is so huge. Being Like you said, you didn't have to put on a facade. You don't have that pressure. But I don't know about you, but I feel like I, it was a big aha moment for me when I suddenly was working alone. This was years ago. I'd left the dealership. I was working alone for the first time. And, and I like came face to face with the fact that it wasn't everybody else's judgment that I was hearing anymore. It was my own. Like I still had that little voice. It's like, Oh shoot. Like this is me now that I have to, I'm proving to myself. Yeah. I've been doing this um, thing called 75 hard and it's supposed to be a whole like um, mental toughness thing. And through that, he, this guy also has a podcast that goes that he has. And I was listening to it and he's like, you guys are all talking about haters out there. You have all these haters, all these people that hate on you. But 90 percent of you, your hater is yourself. There's no you're not anyone that people are going to go out and, and bash. You're not up there in the world enough for to have all these haters, so-called haters that you have. It's all your own mind. Yeah. And when I like hearing it a different way, I'm like, holy shit, this whole time. I have been my biggest enemy. I didn't have to prove it to anyone. I didn't have to. I just had to do my job and have faith in myself and what I can do. And if and when I do fuck up, own it. Right. Because it's going to happen to men or women. 100%. And um, Yeah. And so I just had to own that. I was like, no, I, I expected me to come out and be perfect at everything I do and kill it at everything I do. Right. And everyone wants to. Right. It's a great dream, but no one is ever going to kill it every single time. No. And if they say they do, they're lying. 100%. 100% lying. <laughs> All right. So we've got a perfect question to transition. Uh, Tabby's Pantry. I hope I'm saying that right. I don't have my eyeglasses on. Yeah, so I, can't right. read. Um, I left them at the shop by accident. Oops. Um, wants to know how you got your start when you were younger. So <laughs> let's... Um, we, we kind of dove into the present day, but I want to like go back and dig deeper and... How how did this all start? How did I become Mustang Missy, huh? Mm-hmm. So my dad worked a lot. Um, I didn't have a lot of time and going out with my dad and having these father-daughter. or my, I have an older brother, brother, you know, family time. It was mom, brother, and I, or me with my cousins, but my dad was always working. Um, and when he wasn't working, he always had a car in the garage, a uh, customer's car that he was doing body and paint on. 
Um, even before that, wind, rewind a little bit, when I was a little girl, I'd be in the garage with my dad. And he would tell me that um, he would give me like a hammer to play with. And I would like tap on the car and stuff. And then once I became older and stronger a little bit, I actually start putting dents in it. So he took the hammer away and would give me a bag to put nuts and bolts in. And then as I got older, my dad was, I noticed that my dad was working a lot. And the only time I could spend with my dad on um, when he wasn't working working was in the garage with him because he's always had a side project some side money coming in and he was he is a badass painter and body man in our town that he has a laundry list of cars that need to get done and he hasn't been painting for like 20 years really it just we put tinker with our cars and stuff but guys are still like hey i saw that truck for you to this day they still have that say that so <laughs> but um so then i started doing learning body and paint to be next to my dad and make these memories and have like this bond um that i felt like i was missing and so i started doing body and paint um how, and how then, old were you at that point ish oh man i was young i mean i would when i say i started doing body and paint i was like six seven like masking so i, did, I started on that side i'd clean the boards and stuff for my dad he would be putting the bondo on and then i would be obsessed with like making little bondo guys before it hardened and then go and clean the boards after and, and do things like that. So I started really young when I, my dad said, I don't even know if I, I was walking when I was playing with the hammers in the garage. Amazing. So I don't know when it actually transitioned to me doing body work. Um, my brother had a 72 Chevy truck that I did help do some body work on with my dad. Um, and that was before I even was 16. So I, have pictures of me at like seven years old under the hood of a truck with my two uncles so I love it I don't know what day or age or when it just always was there oh, I was always around old cars and I was always fortunate enough to have a dad to to teach me and yeah. and um show me the way to do certain things was and on the flip side of it it also came back to bite me in the ass because I'd go to my dad and be like hey I need to work on my car daddy um so he would go and do certain things and get it started for me and I'd come in and do the easy part and then I'd get into the hit into like actually working on my own car and I'm like oh shit where are the jacking points my dad always jacked this car up for me and so now I got a little less confident so as I grew older and got into mechanics it it actually hindered me a little bit oh interesting that uh, like that helpful like I'm being helpful I'm doing this thing for you yes and um so <coughs> I started I got a 67 Mustang when I was like 15 and a half ish and we're walking through the grocery parking lot and I have a I have a bunch of German shepherds over the years and my dog walked up to this car and just started sniffing it I started checking it out I'm like oh, okay it's a nice interior I was like oh great it was like a vinyl wood floorboard like they cut out like the floors you put in your house like the vinyl floor yeah they had so it had like wood floors okay. in the Monday. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And looking down in there and um, the guy comes out of Starbucks or Subway. And I was like, hey, Rory, what's up? He's like, oh, hey. He's like, checking out my car. I was like, I didn't even know it was his. It's my, it was my cousin's friend. Oh. And so I started talking to him. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be getting rid of it. Are you interested? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, I never thought my dad would ever buy me this car. And I was just. Oh, yeah, of course I'm interested in everything. Right. Whatever. I'm going to be the cool person here. <laughs> and then he came around with a car and showed it to us. And my dog, he's like, get in. Let my dog get in. And I drove it, um, like, moved it around, like, just our little area that, in front of the house. And I was like, oh, cool. And then my dog wouldn't get out of the car. <laughs> so I had to take 
my dog around the block to get out of the car. So my dog already approved. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was my first drive around the block because of my dog in the car. I love and it. I didn't even have a driver's license yet. And my mom, I guess, just like nagged my dad until he said yes. And that's how I ended up with a Mustang in a four, um, a Chevy family. Oh, how did that go over? I almost got kicked off the family tree. <laughs> I was born and raised Chevy, so I used to talk so much shit on Ford. Um, my uncle that lives down the street that always called me a gearhead, and I'm like, what's a gearhead? I do body and paint. What's a gear? Right. At the time, and um, he had an old Ford truck. I was like, get that slow piece of shit out of here. Don't bring that around. Like, you know, just giving him shit, egging him on. And and then I ended up with a Ford, and I, I did, like, the drive of shame down at his house, and I got it. I just couldn't even look him in the eyes, and he was so, he's like, oh, what a nice car. It's a good starter. And so nice that I just felt like even worse about it. So now I'm an oh. American muscle girl. I'm, I don't claim Chevy or Ford. Okay, there you go. Has the family forgiven you? Yeah, over time. Okay. Have they, like, opened up their mind? Are they open to Fords now, too? Or just oh, my dad cusses them out even more now. After 16 years with her, and he's like, if it was a Chevy, damn it, you know, the distributor right there, if it was the Chevy, damn it, I'd know how to do this. And so it's a fun joke back and forth. And, um, I love it. but yeah, he, he's come to love my car. I love it. Love hate relationship. Right. So that's okay. how it became Mustang Missy. Of course. <laughs> and she is your pride and joy. And I want to talk more about her, but I want to go back a little bit more still and talk like, was your brother, did he get into the car thing too with dad or, or so was it like a whole family affair or um, were you the kid that took to? my, my brother, he knows a lot about cars and everything. And he, he built, uh, he did help build a 72 Chevy. Um, that was his truck, but he was, uh, Mr. Popular. So, um, he was like, I would be in middle school and he was in high school and girls would come down and be like, Oh, you're Jar's little sister. Let's, uh, we need, I'll bring my little sister or brother over and, and we can all hang out one day. You know, everyone's trying to like hang out with my brother and he did a lot of sports and he worked. So it wasn't the three of us working on cars um, much at the time. It was you and uh, brother. Yeah, it was, it was me and my dad mostly, or my brother and my dad, but it was mostly me and my dad because my brother had his own life and he was older um, or he is older and he had his, his own things and girls yeah. and, and all that fun stuff. So um it wasn't until I think the SEMA build where I, I did a seven month build of my car to go to SEMA um, where it was like my brother and me working on a car together, which was, I have some great memories of that now. So, but yeah, we, the three of us didn't work on cars that much together. Was it ever like, was it ever a thing? Like was, did dad ever hesitate to bring you under his wing and teach you all the things and have you out in the shop? Like, was there ever a resistance to that? Or was it always just like, absolutely, of course, get out here and do stuff with me? Luckily with my dad, um, it was whatever you want to do. You can do whatever you want to do. And so, um, yeah, so it was, I was always welcomed out there. I talked like a sailor because I hung out with him and his friends way too much when I was way too young to hear some of that shit. But, before, before you um, knew what half of it meant, I'm Yeah, sure. exactly. Exactly. I'm still like some of the stuff, somebody will say something, I'll like ring a bell for back then. I'm like, oh, that's what they meant. Ew, like really? <laughs> and so, yeah, no, I, I think I have one of the worst voice. Like I talk like a sailor. I have one of the worst mouths around oh. at my job. I'm right there with you, girl. Yeah. 
And luckily, I, I break the guys and eat. You know, I, I find the fine line. I have not had sexual harassment, knock on wood, yet. Um, but all the guys, you know, they all accept me. And you all, you, you fill out who you can talk to, who you can't, and how, and you still don't cross the boundaries. So, so I've been lucky in all of my jobs that um, I have good coworkers. Amazing. Yeah, my, that's that's been so welcoming about everything until I want to go move out to Wyoming to go to my first school. But that's a different story. I think it's more of a, a dad not wanting to let go of his daughter than he gets. Okay, so Wyoming. So you moved to Wyoming to go to your first school, and this was what kind of school was this? A, a trade school, Wyotech, um, Wyoming Technical Institute. So they would come by my co- my uh, high school, and they would come by, UTI would come by, Skyline College, the local college here would come by, and I was in small gas engine shop. We didn't have an automotive shop in my high school, but um, we had little Briggs and Stratton, like lawnmower engines that we got to tear apart, bring back together, uh, bring our own weed whackers and stuff in, and um, if we finished all that work, we were able to, you know, tinker on our cars, basic stuff. So. Um, they came in and would speak there. And I'm like, oh, I want to be either a Marine or go to Wyosec. Well, uh, kicker than, yeah, my, uh, my, my family is a couple, I have a couple Marines in the family. Okay. My grandpa, my uncle, great grandpa. So okay. um, I always wanted to be a Marine. But I was kicked in the knee by a horse when I was younger. So now when I run, my knee gives out and I just slide on the ground. So that's kind of out of the question. You kind of need to be able to. Do what you need to do when you need to do it as a Marine. So, um, so I signed up for Wyotech, and I did not sign up for any other school. And I got in, and I they have one here in California, or had one here in Sacramento, which is um, like an hour from me. But I decided I wanted to go to the original one in Wyoming, um, and I got in. We went and took a tour of the place, and I went for collision finishing and upholstery. Um, right after I graduated high school, within a month, I moved out to Wyoming and coming from a small little town where everyone knows everyone, it was mind blowing to go out there and not know anyone, pretty much go to all male school and, um, not have anyone to run to or talk to. And it was, it was was an awakening for sure. Tell me, tell me about what that experience was like those first couple of weeks. Uh, I was such a nerd because I wanted to make sure I proved myself. Um, I, the first couple of weeks, weeks especially, I had they gave you all the books, and I was reading full ahead. I was highlighting things. I was sitting there studying like crazy, and it was just wasn't feasible to keep up. Like I wasn't sleeping much. I was doing what I do now, but just overly studying, mm-hmm. and that, and I would get it for the test, and then I study so hard on the next portion that I kind of forget what I learned before because I'm like cramming so hard just to pass the test and to be the smartest person in the class and um and I was there was another lady in my class actually the first um semester well at least the first week and a half until she met her husband and ran off and that was it so then I was the only girl Uh, okay (laughs) and I guess that was was a, a thing there so they a lot of the people that maybe that was their last class kind of didn't expect me to make it through the semester or the class. They thought I was one of those girls that would just wanted to come there, find a husband, and get married, start family or whatever. And I was just there to to go hunting, I guess, right? I had the same same thing accused of me when I was at school. Yeah. Like, oh you're just here to find a husband. I'm like, no, I wouldn't spend thirty thousand dollars <laughs> to go to school just to find a husband. Thank you very much. <laughs> 
so that's how that went. And then I started making friends with people. Um, and then I started going to the parties and being a, a regular college student. And I went to school at night too. So I got off at like two in the morning. Oh, wow. Um, so, so yeah, we would party all night into the morning and then get a couple hours of sleep, head to school, do it all over again. So it was amazing. It was so much fun. So many memories. Awesome. But for me, um, the schooling wasn't the best. Uh, I learned more from my dad than I did from some of the classes. Um, and I was like, for the money and how much I already knew going into it just to get the name behind me. Right. And I didn't feel like they were really there for me. They were there to get what they needed to get across and kind of get your money and push you on to the next phase kind of thing um, in my personal experience. And I know other people that that have had a 180 on that. Sure. Um, but one of my finishing te- refinishing teachers that I had there, um, I ran into at SEMA again. And it was so nice to reconnect because he was one teacher where you could call him anytime, um, even after you left. And, and my upholstery teacher was amazing. Um, and I still like t- uh, think about him all the time. I'll be doing something or I'll see some messed up upholstery. And I'll be like, ah, oh, Nick would have done it this way. And so... But they, they switch back and forth. So the collision f- teacher would be the finishing teacher the next semester, or like two oh, semesters or something. Yeah, they'd go back and forth um, there, that particular okay. one. Um, but, yeah, so it was it was interesting, and it was so much fun, and I made so many memories and friends I'm still in contact with that are badass builders now. And, and I have, if I need to reach out for something or have a question about, about anything, that they're still there for me. So that was priceless. That's awesome. Were, did you have any issues? I mean, it sounds like you, you found your space there. You found your friends, you found your people, you found your teachers that you could look up to and, and have, you know, get mentorship from. Did you have any issues with any of the other students? Were there ever any, was there ever any like challenging times as one of the few women there? Um, they're not, uh, as much as I remember, I could definitely be blocking it out because that was so long ago and, you know, I tried to focus on the good stuff. Um, but I did have an ex that followed me from here to there. Oh. Um, and, uh, I had a restraining order against him there because he would come down and watch me like pushing my car in class and, and they would call me and be like, Hey, have Missy get inside. So like my teacher would call me and like, Oh yeah, he's up there watching you again. Oh, so, wow. and then he so you already had your back. Stuff. But yeah, I was lucky because that happened and then I had a bunch of people that had my back and so it kind of made like I ended up with a lot of brothers so I didn't have to deal with a lot of this stuff because the the guys instantly became like family more than oh I'm going to try and get in her pants or something um so I think it was had helped bond us in a different way than it would happen with um most females there yeah and then yeah he ended up going to the same school for a semester I think he got kicked out after that because of everything and then he goes to some of the parties, so I'd run into him there and broke into my apartment once when my roommates were there and they saw him and he kicked in the door. And um, so I went through some crazy stuff yeah. there. Um, and then he was telling everyone that I came out of the psych ward and stuff. I was like, I've never been committed yet. There's still time, yes. but I have not yet at that point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was that was frustrating and scary and crazy. But like I said, I think because because I was able to bond with the guys in a different way and I found a nice little click or whatever you want to call it that yeah. um, really looked out for me that I didn't growing up in automotive 
back in the nineties and two thousands, I, I guess I have a hard skin. So, you know, a lot of things to an extent, I have a hard skin to an extent, uh, a lot of things, you know, I kind of let in one ear out the other, let them say what they want to say. Um, and I try not to focus on that because I dealt with it so much growing up, even in yeah. small town. Um, and that I just, uh, I didn't, I didn't take anything that anyone else said to heart there. And I just, all I cared about was what my friend, my close friends said and what they thought of me really. And I just wanted to make them proud and do what I could. And anyone else can just go suck it. <laughs> I love it. And leave it to you to take a stalker situation and find the positivity in it. You're like, yeah, I had a crazy stalker. <laughs> and it wound up being a good thing, actually. <laughs> it brought us together. What can I say? Like, like I said, I've seen other girls in the program. And there, people were out for her like sharks, yeah. man. They're like yeah. circling her. Yeah. And, um, and she had, she had people following her and stuff from the program just because they met her and they got so intrigued with her and, you know, she'd flirt with them or whatever, like jokingly and just having fun and innocently. Um, and they took it to like, oh, now you're my girlfriend unless we're going to do this. Like, I haven't even kissed you. Like we haven't even like gone on a date, like no. And so she had to deal with a lot of this stuff and and I saw stuff like that firsthand and. Um, and people she dated start talking bad about her now and, and start spreading those rumors around or, um, so I did see that with other people, but coming from a small town, I didn't, you don't date a lot of people cause everyone's dated everyone. So going there, you know, you're not, you, I have the same kind of mentality where it's like, okay, I got to find either one good guy or just leave them all alone because right. it's going to be the same thing. The girls around here it was two colleges in that yeah. town. And um, everyone wanted the guys because the other college was a university and there's a lot more girls there, of course. <clears throat> so it's it's easy for the girls to get passed around there. And it's like I didn't I went into it with the mindset that I didn't want to be one of those girls. And I wanted to get my money's worth and and come out with an education. Um, and I think that helped me out a lot going into it with that mindset versus having to figure that out along the way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And probably being in the industry to a degree, like having been around the car culture and the car scene and car guys for as long as you had prior to that, like you kind of, you were already prepared Correct. to some. Somebody. I think that's a, that's a good thing. I never even thought about, yeah, all my prior experiences with the guys, hearing them talk about the other girls and stuff. Yeah, that's probably something right. subliminable in my mind that that happened that I didn't even think about at the time. Somebody asked, um, and I don't know if you if, if this is somebody you know, Tabby's Pantry. Um, okay, I love it. Um, so, also, by the way, I saw in the comments your cousin concurred that you were almost kicked off the family tree for buying a Ford. Um, but she <laughs> loves Ford too, by the way. And her dream car <laughs> is a pink Mustang. Also, I love so. it. I love it. So, um, she would like to know, and I agree, um, you have. And as long as I've known you, you've had such an incredibly positive attitude and like you're, you're bubbly and you're fun loving and you're goofy and Lord, have we had some goofy times together, you and I, and like, you're always upbeat and finding that silver lining in things. Did you come out that way? Was that just like, have you always been that way or where do you attribute that from? My mom, <laughs> she was uh just the most loving person. So bubbly outgoing, definitely her. And I think Tabby knows that too. That's why she was proud in that question. You know, my <laughs> mom was like my biggest um, supporter for sure. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to make you all up. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost her birthday. Um, so it's like her today? Birthday, so her birthday. So the 14th of August. Oh. I just realized what day it is. I'm like, what day is it now? That was her birthday? Uh, it w- would have been, yeah. She would have been 62. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So, well, happy belated yeah, birthday to mom. mom. I didn't mom. know that, that we were fellow Sagittarius. She's the day before yeah. you. I think we talked about this, but it was one of those like 2 a.m.s where we didn't sleep the night before. And yeah, I don't remember anything that happens at 2 a.m. Fair enough. <laughs> Unless there's pictures. Fair enough. <laughs> Which we do have some of our ridiculous. We all do. Night. I was like, where did this come from? I was like, oh my God, look at us in this picture. This is not to make it to the internet, but. Missy experienced many a all-nighter with me um, while while finishing the Maven. Um, so yes, she has seen me at my um, weirdest, <laughs> most stressed out, most crazy, uh, and and matched me with that energy. So it was great. <laughs> so question for you: When you decided to go to Wyotech, was was there ever like okay? I know you talked about maybe being a Marine that. Clearly, the horse took you out of the running for that, um, destroying your knee like that. Rude horse. Um, was there ever, like, a question that you wanted to be in the automotive industry? Or was it just, like, always, this is this is where I want to be, what I want to do? Um, growing up, I was like, I'm going to be a veterinarian. But I can never put animals down. Um, I am the biggest. I love animals, as most people, anyone who knows me knows. I'm the crazy German Shepherd mom. I own that now. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I can't put animals down, and so I can't really be a veterinarian because <laughs> that's part of the job almost. And I was like, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, I can't be there and see these dogs that that get into situations and I have to try and keep them alive. If I lose one, I would be in a mental institution, even if it's not my dog and I met him for two seconds. So that took that off the plate early. Um, and then a marine was probably never even really realistically uh, an option for me. Um. My uncle is a fire firefighter, and I was like, oh, that would be cool, a firefighter or a policeman, you know, serve my uh, community. Um, there was a time where I thought I'd be a special needs teacher, because I, I worked with them for the longest time with my mom, and, um, but now I teach uh, Skyline College, so pretty much like special needs, most of us auto students are there you go. mentally there anyways, so it, it's, one part of the dream is kind of fulfilled, so. <laughs> That's what, what mom was a teacher. My mom was a special needs um, assi- assistant, okay. so pretty much like a teacher. Yes, she would. Uh, we had a bunch of special needs students that I would go help after school. Since I was like four or five years old, I would just go straight to my mom's class, and she would stay there. And I don't even think she got paid to be there, and she would just hang out with these kids, and they're like severely uh, special handicapped kids. And um, and so I would go and. Help help them and help them do their homework and I would always work with them and then in summer school my mom was working and so I would just go to summer school with her and uh, be in her classes helping the students again and the teachers had to prove it first and so all the teachers thought I was going to be a special needs teacher because I was able to get through to some of these students like they couldn't do and um, so yeah my mom did that for many years. But too well for the automotive industry. (laughs) Definitely. I kid automotive industry, I kid, kind of. Um, <laughs> I think that's what makes us so great, though, because our mind work does work a little different than most. Right. For a hand, at least a, de- a lot that I know, I should say. 
Yeah. From what I've worked with, a lot of people didn't do well in school because they thought of it differently yeah. or they're so bored with it. And that's what makes them such good tinkers and mechanics and body and paint because they, they're so meticulous or their mind works in that way to make them great in the field that they're in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it's a testament to, I mean, like, you know, I'm joking about this, but like, of course, there's truth to it. It's like, we, there's so many different learning styles and and your experience working with special needs kids gave you the opportunity to find like there is a way to get through and there is a way to teach to anybody, right? There really is a way to find the way to say it, to show it that's going to help it make sense. And I think probably one of the biggest thing that's lacking in our school system and our educational system as a whole is like there's just this one way to teach things and there's not the application or like the like we encountered it on Maven how many times like god if I had known how much math I was going to use building a custom car I would have paid more attention in math but we don't show the application of things we don't show kids how stuff is is relevant and how they can apply it in their life so all of these different experiences you've had have probably equipped you phenomenally to be an amazing teacher and when I started at Skyline as a student in the automotive industry um, we were made like, I didn't pass the math proficiency, which is hilarious because I'm really good at math. So I think I was just nervous for a test. Um, and so they made us take like a, a class and that teacher who teaches regular math to regular students that are, had, had all these automotive students in his class and he geared it towards automotive. And he actually went and took the time to learn a little bit about automotive. Okay. So he learned how to apply the situations that way. Amazing. So we could actually learn it and pick it up. And and he was an amazing, uh, amazing teacher to go out of his way to yeah. learn this, to help teach yeah. us this. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I mean, that's, I feel like that's, that's where the magic is though, right? Like the teachers that are passionate enough to like find the way to connect with their students. Definitely. So Okay, so you went to Biotech, you did Collision, we're like, already, we're going to have to have you on again for another hour, because clearly, <laughs> like, there's so much, we're 45 minutes into this already, oh, geez, already? I know, <laughs> so, all right, so you go to Biotech to do Collision and Paint, that's what Dad did, that's the path that you followed, um, then what happens? How did you wind up now on the mechanical side? All right, 15 minutes. A version? Let's see. <laughs> we can go a little over if you're okay with going a little over. I know you're still at work and you probably want to get home to your family. Oh. So. My dog's probably on a walk with my dad already. Okay. Although no one's seen. Yep. And that dog mom. Oh. <laughs> um, so um, I went to Wyotech. Um, I got a job from Wyotech painting private jets in Missouri. So cool. So I signed a one year contract. They flew me out there. Um, so all of the interiors of these private jets were pretty much made out of wood. Okay. So we had a carpentry department that would make all of these cabinet trees and bulkheads and all this fun stuff. And then they'd send them to us to learn how to stain them. We would stain them. We would paint them. Um, so when I say painting private jets, I'm painting the interiors with automotive clear. Okay. For the most part. Sometimes I mix some tint in it or something. Um, and some of the little areas you had to get into just killed me because you would have to pencil in your spray gun to, to get in these little areas without running it and it's insane and 
it made me such a decent or better painter or whatever you want to say. Um, so I went out there and I did that for a year and the daddy's girl had to come home. I had to go back to my dad and my dog. Um, my license plate on my car said daddy's girl, but mommy's princess. So yeah. <laughs> um, so I came back home to, to be close to my dad and my car was here and all my friends. And I was like, okay, I've been away for two years. Um, and I came back with a whole different idea of my town. I loved it even more, uh, how close we were, how much they checked on me and like sent me love to where I was and, and thought I was like so cool for doing this. And, um, so that was amazing. So then I'm back here. Uh, I think I started working at a new leaf, like a health food store. I was a barista there. Okay. Uh, trying to figure out what I was going to do next. Were you um, wanting so to get a job in the, in collision and rescue? Yes. Yeah. So that's what I'm getting at. Hold on. Hold oh, sorry, sorry. Up, lady. I'm just kidding. So I got a job at, there trying to figure out where I wanted to, to do, what I want to do. Did I want to do body? Did I want to come back and do paint? Did I, did I want to work in town? Did I even still want to live in town? So I, I got a, a, an easy come go job for that. So I was a barista there and I started putting my applications and like, I still want to do it. So I was like, I put it in on both sides and see what is offered to me. And then I can decide from there. I was like, cause I'm, I'm saying I want this job or that job, but now I'm closing myself off to maybe a good opportunity. Um, so I decided that I don't know if I'm even going to be offered that opportunity. So why not just plaster my resumes out there um, on both sides of it and uh, see what comes back. So I did. I plastered the towns around me everywhere saying, hey, hiring um, paint prep, hiring painter, hiring bodymen. And I applied for every job. I, I probably did about 150, 200 resumes when I got back within the first few months. And I got no calls back. And I went into one shop and I, I will always remember this. I went into a shop that had a big hiring now bonus sign needed to start ASAP painter. Um, and then another one for our paint prep. And I walk in the shop and I, I talk to this guy, asked for the manager. Uh, I have my resume on me. Um, I was like, hey, I was looking for it to see if you had an application. Um, my name is Missy. I was a head painter um, in Missouri. I would love to come and be a painter or paint prep for, for your business. And I handed my application and he laughed at me. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Um, well, we do need an office personnel, but I can't, I can't have you with the guys. He's like, I can't afford a lawsuit. I'm like, dude, I could sue you just for saying that. Mm. And to be honest, I have a word of mouth on the guys. Can you say that again? Because <clears throat> I can't tell you how many women have been told this exact same thing and how many men have told me that I'm a liar for saying that this gets said to women. Say what he said to you. Oh, yeah. I, I saw your post about that not too long ago, and I was furious. Um, it did happen. I walked in, asked to apply for the job that they need help for. And sorry, I didn't tie my tits back and pretend I was a dude because my resume would have spoken for itself. And uh, they literally said, I can, I need an office personnel. You are welcome to work in the office. We'd love to have you, but I cannot have you with the guys because I cannot afford a lawsuit. And that's where I was just like, and I really want, Wanted to kind of pursue a lawsuit against this guy just to throw it back at him. But I was really afraid of retaliation in the industry. And that is the reason I did not pursue that any further or any of the other ones that I could have. That, I, that That's one of countless oh, times I've talked to people. And, and they're a lot, all the other ones are more respectful like for being disrespectful. I don't know how, how to say that right. right. But 
they said it in a different way to where I understood what they're saying, but it was like, oh, th thanks for your application, but we're not actively hiring right now. We actually are waiting to see if this guy works out or something like that. Like, oh, we'll we'll keep your resume on yeah. on the you know on the which is still docket. equally whatever. But they were lying to be yeah. nice. Yeah, they they said it the way that you couldn't if you wanted to sue them. But the other guy was like blatant. He was like, I can't afford a lawsuit. I'm like. I have the worst mouth out of all the guys back there. I could almost guarantee it would be on me if it was going to be on anyone. Um, so that let me, left me furious. And I almost, I did. I gave up on getting a job in the industry at, uh, at that time for, I was like, okay, I went and I started working at an apartment complex for better money. Um, and I was still driving my Mustang. She was my daily driver um, all through high school on and off between painting and stuff. But 99.9% .9 of the time I was driving my Mustang to school. Um, and then I went to Wyoming. She stayed here. I went to Missouri. She stayed here. I came back and she was my daily driver again. Um, that's my baby. I take her everywhere. And I can't tell you how many times I'd pull up to a place and be like, oh, your dad let you take your, his car out, huh? And I'm like, ugh. So then um, I was like, my dad doesn't even like Ford's asshole. <laughs> he wouldn't be caught dead in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And so um, from that, I uh, was driving one day and my car just started sounding like shit. And I was like, she then started losing power. I'm like, what's going on? Luckily, I wasn't far from my house at the time. And the, literally the tow truck driver lived right next to where I broke down. So when I called AAA, he was like, oh, yep, I'll bring it out. Oh, yep, I see, I see them. <laughs> so he came out and it's somebody my dad knew and I knew his son so it was really nice I was talking to him um so then he got to know me which comes back later in the story okay. and so I went to Skyline College I was like okay I need to build my engine I need to see what's wrong with it I know there's something coming from my engine my dad's not an engine builder um I mean he can get by and he could probably do something but I don't know how long it would last <laughs> so um I decided to, to, I wanted to go to Skyline. So we put an engine in my car. Um, we ended up putting a bigger engine. We had a 350 Chevy engine at my house that was sitting there that came with a package from when we put in my brother's 72. Okay. Um, so there's one sitting there. I'm like, yeah, let's put the Chevy engine. You know, Ford Tough with Chevy stuff. Come on, Dad. Come on. And I was egging him on, egging him on, egging him on. And uh, he wouldn't. He wouldn't go for it. He's like, I can't disrespect a Chevy that way. <laughs> so he goes out and we find this uh, 351 it, that came out of a, a boat. And uh, so we throw that in there to get by so I can still drive my car. And, and I keep telling my best friend, Nolene, I keep telling her, I was like, I want to go to Skyline. I want to fix my car. I'm going to go to Skyline and fix my car. And I was, I was kind of saying this before I um, uh, my engine took a crud. So... She's like, calls me one morning. It's like seven in the morning. She's like, get dressed. I'm calling into your work. I'm signing. We're going to Skyline. You're signing up for automotive. And no joke, this girl was in my room, got my phone, called me and said, oh, she's sick. I'm taking her to the emergency right now, like, or whatever she said. Called me into work, made my butt get dressed and threw me in her truck. And we went to Skyline College and we signed up that day. And, um. That changed it. my life. Friends Literally. Like, like that, man. We all need them. That's amazing. Yeah. Was she just tired of hearing you say it? Well, she was <laughs> taking the night classes there. Um, okay. She is also, yeah, she's an amazing hunter. She is a tomboy through and through, a daddy's girl. Um, so another 
badass lady from here. And of course we, we connected through a small town anyways, and her being so amazing. Um, and so she was like, yeah, pretty much like, I'm done hearing you talk about it. You, you say you want to do it. You want to join the class with me. So you're doing this. I love it. And so we signed up and then I had, she, I had to go back the next day. She showed up at my um, house. She just walked into my house. She's one of those friends. And I was like, Hey, get up. I got, you got to go take your assessment test now and your placement test. And then we'll go from there. And then, so yeah, that's how I got started at Skyline college. And um, so then I, after I took my assessment, I had to meet with a counselor and I guess we'll leave it at that, this story, um, depending on what you want to do. But I already graduated what graduated Wyotech, where I was the only female in all my classes except for that one lady that found a husband and left. I already proved I I could be in the industry with the guys and and work next to them when I was in um, Missouri doing yeah. uh, the private jets. There was another lady that worked there, one other one, and she was awesome. Um, and and I go to meet with my counselor, and I already have automotive credits because luckily my high school worked with Skyline College and. Um, so I already had a, a, a number for there and I was already pretty much enrolled in there. I just had to do a couple things to be officially a student. And the counselor turns to me, he's like, why do you want to be an automotive? Wouldn't you want to join cosmetology or something? There's a great nursing program here too. And I'm, I, I was like, and I actually got mad at him this time. Like the other guy kind of let him slide, but I, I'm finding my voice more. I'm being more confident now. And I'm like, why would you say that to me? He was like, I, I already graduated one and did it. And he's like, well, it proved you couldn't be there. Or why would you be here? And I'm like, and you're a counselor here. And I didn't think about bringing this up to anyone at the time. I told somebody, um, I think six months or eight months later, finally, that worked there. And and they took care of it. And um, But I, I couldn't believe that he would blatantly, a, a counselor, someone who's supposed to help you with your career, help you with your life choices, find the right path for you supposedly and, and make sure you're on your right path and what you want to do. You know, you, you don't know, they'll help you put you in a variety and these would be some good options. But I already knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to rebuild my damn car on Skyline's dime, you know, try and get some scholarships, get a nice car out of it, go back, go back get a paint job, paint it up and, and keep going on with my life was kind of my plan. So you weren't planning on becoming a mechanic. You were wanting to do school so that you could fix your car. Yeah. And then that was 100%. So, I yeah, mean, I duh. wanted to know more. I don't let anyone, I, at that time, no one touched my car. It was okay. like my dad, the boyfriend, actually most of my boyfriends didn't until the one I met at Skyline College. Um, and that was it. I don't know. I don't even think my brother was able to like move or drive my car. I was such, I was crazy about her. I almost fought a bunch, a gang that we had here was leaning up against my car and she's primer gray at the time. <laughs> And they're leaning of course up against my car. And it was at the bar. And I wasn't drinking at the time. I was just parked there because I, I did something else at that time. <laughs> and uh, I come out and this guy's leaning up against my car. And I'm like, oh, nice car you got there. You're like, oh, it's not mine. I like, I know it's mine. Like, why are you leaning up against it? Like, I had no fucks given. Like, when it came to my car, it's like, you might as well be messing with my child at that point. That's my baby. <laughs> um, and he's like, oh, sorry. And I was like, do you know? And I, I gave him a lecture. And his friends are like, uh. I didn't realize after I left, one of my friends like, you do realize who that is, right? It's like one of the local gang guys here. I'm like, I don't give a shit. You should be leaning up against my car. And he was really nice. And he was like, oh, yeah, I understand and stuff. And <laughs> it was really funny because then it's, I didn't think twice about it. And I know that we have a gang. Look, we had a gang in town at the time or whatever. And, 
Like it was like, hey, yeah, why are you disrespecting me like that? My car. I love it. it. Willing to stand up to gangs and take an entirely new degree program. Oh, when you say it that way. I love love it. No, it's amazing. (laughs) But look where it's brought you, right? I mean, that car brought you to mechanical. um, And it brought you to your husband. It did. That car has brought you. And it brought me to you, which has changed everything. And and I guess we'll share that story later, but I don't, I would not be a mechanic if I did not meet you. 100% I was ready to leave the industry and you talked me into it. So yeah, it, it's, it's brought me everywhere I need to go. My car has opened so many doors for me, even when I didn't want them. I didn't think I wanted them. I didn't want to go rebuild my engine. My car was great. Like <laughs> she's fine. She ran for me. And I was, I was just sit there and talk shit like, Hey, I want to join Skyline one day. I'm going to rebuild my car one day. So it wasn't for Nolene, like pulling me in because she was done. Hear me bitch about my car and the suspension work I need to do and this and that. And um, if it wasn't for my car, I don't know if I would be in body and paint. Would have went to body and paint. I don't know if I would have ended up becoming a mechanic. I don't. I hundred percent don't think I would have become an automotive teacher. Uh, I, I wouldn't it. have went to schools and spoke and and hopefully ignited that passion in somebody else. Cause I take my car with me when I go speak, so I can show her off. Um, and they can touch and hear and feel and see what I'm so passionate about. Because if you, I just throw it on a screen, oh, that car looks cool. Some people are really interested. But if you can't touch it, feel it, and hear it, get some of the senses involved, smell it, the, the unburnt fuel, uh, you know, like those little things are, are just, I drive my car and go, yep, I'm in my car. And everyone asks why I'm so happy when I get to work because I'm fucking high off the fuel. <laughs> but no, I'm so happy because it. I have a good outlook because, yeah, my mom helped me with that, but I enjoy what I do. I enjoy coming to work. I enjoy proving guys wrong or chicks wrong because, I mean, it's not just guys that put us down. And and um, I know you know this. There's a lot of ladies out there that want to say they're mechanics and say there's no other females in, out in the industry. And I'm the first one. And this is why I'm doing this. And I and other things I won't go into. but um. They want to bash the females that are out there. It's like, no, we need to come together. We all need to come together as human beings and and help each other out. But especially females, like, come on, they're, they're less than 2% of in the industry. We finally hit 2% to start coming back on that now. I think some of the hardest comments I took that I actually took to heart are from females because I it, it caught me so off guard because... I'd agree with that for me, at least. Yeah. I, I expect it from the guys. I grew up, like I said, with yeah. older guys who expect the women to be in the kitchen. And I know it's hard for a lot of guys to wrap their head around that we can do your job. We can sometimes do it better than you, or, you know, we're going to put our whole heart into it if we can't. And I, I, growing up from hearing my dad's friends say, Oh, why is your daughter here? You know, why is she, you letting her work on cars? Why is she doing this? And my dad would be like, she can do what she wants. And, you know, setting them straight. Like, I expect it from the older generation, unfortunately. Maybe we shouldn't expect it, but I do. And I, I can handle it a lot easier. I buy it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not surprised. And I was like, oh, okay, you're, you're an old fart. So whatever. But the females that you're trying to, to pa- pave the way for them or their children, um, it hurts to see them be like, why are you doing this? You have like, why, why are you breaking your back or why are you a mechanic? You should go find some dude that uh, has a lot of money and just go be a housewife and let's go shopping and, or whatever, you know, 
stupid little comments like that hurt worse than the guys that just like just throwing you under the bus because it's like you of all people should know why so, so you have options so your kid has your daughter has options so the young enthusiast male or female after us has any option they want that's why people do what they do and do what they love because there's a lot of guys that get it for being nurses but yeah. There's male nurses out there paving the way for them. So our next generation could do whatever the hell they want to do that makes them happy and going to make them contribute more to being a better person, being happy, having a better life, all the above. I love it. I love, I love your passion and you're, you're so on point with that, right? We all do a better job when we love what we do. And so why would we want to inhibit anybody from loving what they do, from doing what they love, from finding that path, from finding that thing that works for them. And I, and I love how twisty of a path you've had and, and you've done a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of this, and like it all winds together and has kind of brought you to where you're at now. And it all makes sense in hindsight. And it's all, I don't know, such a testament to who you are, your, your positive energy, your tenacity, um, watching your story unfold has been fun. And I just, you I, like it so much. Cause then I was able to come help paint when uh, well, you're painting. Well, you know, I, like I did. I did like that. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> I kind of liked it too. I got to miss it now. <laughs> well, you can come back anytime you want. Um, Cause I've got some news to report to you that I'm not going to do on camera, but um, it's time to catch a flight. I, it might be. Maybe the next one we can do on it together. It, it might be time to catch a flight. We're going to talk off, offline on this. Uh, there might be an interesting announcement coming soon, y'all. So, like, stay tuned. We'll just put a little there. teaser for we'll everyone, put, including me. We'll just put that there. But for right now, this is all about Missy, so we're not going to interrupt all of that. I want to sing your praises. We are we are over the hour, so I'm going to ask our final question that I like to end things on, and maybe we'll have you back again in the future. Uh, if you had the opportunity to talk to the younger you or another little girl out there like you, and I know you get to do this a lot as a teacher, but share with us your, your words of, of wisdom. Uh, let's see. Believe in yourself. Shine bright. Don't let anyone else dim it. Uh, if I could just believe in myself like I do now, I can only imagine where I would be. And um, just the since I've started believing in myself, it's just, it's everything has just been tenfold amazing. So if I could just tell my younger self to not listen to what everyone else says and trust myself and that I'm going to be my own biggest critic, like just, you know what? Okay, take that with a grain of salt and be a better person and hold myself to that standard. But don't let it bring me down and hold me back because. I held myself back. No one else. And uh, I, it hurts to say that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it, I guess. Uh, yeah, just don't, if I didn't hold myself back, just be me, do what I know I can do, and believe in myself. And uh, I would definitely come back bigger, brighter, and better, 100%. I love it. Well, you are bigger and brighter and better and you're getting even more so every day and i am excited that i get to continue to watch your story unfold and see where all of your next steps take you now that you have found that magic switch 
that is called believing in oneself, which I think, you know, I think it comes and comes and goes over, over the years in our lives. I, I think there's days when I find it and there's days when I don't, um, but, um, but harnessing the power of that and seeing how much amazing this is unfolding in your life. I'm, I'm just so thrilled for you. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your candidness. Um, I appreciate you hanging out with me on Trade Lady Happy Hour for over an hour. Finally. Um, it's been like a year or two in the making. I know. Oh, for real. <laughs> we will talk more offline. Folks at home, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed meeting Missy and hearing her story and hearing all about her crazy stories and array of experience and um go follow her show her some love and support check out some of the things that she does um if you're needing some inspiration you can always go back and watch this you can watch all of the past episodes of trades lady happy hour on my instagram page um and big thank you to my sponsor drive time for helping make this possible so we can keep doing this every week and of course i know it's holidays i know everything gets crazy now um but we are still doing happy hour next week we've got another amazing guest i'm really excited to introduce you to every one of our guests i'm so stoked about um so definitely come back next week and um happy holidays in advance and hope you're being good to yourselves i hope you're being good to one another have yourselves a wonderful evening. And we'll see you later. Thanks, Missy. Thanks, guys. Bye.